Welcome to this marketing edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today on the show, we have Emma Snyder, the section editor for the HubSpot sales blog. Thanks so much for joining the B2B Nation, Emma. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'd love to start off this episode with how you see sales and marketing working together. What does that relationship look like and why is it important? Well, I mean, I think they're incredibly interrelated. Marketing generates the leads and passes them on to sales. The sales generates their own leads, of course, but if you're using an inbound model, then marketing should be generating the lion's share of the leads. And so if you're not working together, that's a wasted opportunity because you don't want to spend all this time generating these great leads and then hand them off and just, well, what happens to them? So I think that there needs to be a lot of accountability on both sides and really a full view into what each side considers their top, you know, three metrics or their top three priorities for the month um, so that they're staying accountable to each other. It needs to be kind of a partnership and, and definitely something where each side is responsible to the other side. Um, I think that's where, when there's not that accountability, people can kind of get in fights and <laughs> start some kind of thing. And when you're all, you're all working towards the same goal, which is, you know, generating leads and, and converting those leads into customers. So you don't want it to be an adversarial kind of thing. Absolutely. And I love I love the word accountability. I'm so glad that you uh, use that. So, I mean, how do you sort of see that? Do, do you think that's something that's dramatically changed in the past few years? I feel like now that we have access to all this data as marketers, uh, we're, we're sort of held accountable for some of the campaigns more so than maybe uh, in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's just a lot more... There's a lot more technology on both sides where you can keep track of what's going on a lot more. And especially like if you're using an inbound model as your primary lead generation tactic, it's you can really pinpoint where these leads are coming from, how they're converting, what their life cycle throughout the funnel looks like. Whereas if you're relying on billboards or TV commercials or whatever, it becomes a lot harder to identify where those leads are coming from and then what the life cycle of those leads sourced from those channels specifically looks like. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree that the now that we have this more, this, you know, the data that, um, you know, sales can kind of look at that and say, oh, okay, here's what's going on. Here's specifically how uh, these things are funneling towards us. And I think that has a lot of bearing on qualification too, because sometimes, you know, sales will grumble like these, you know, not here in general, but these leads aren't, you know, qualified well enough or where do we get these or blah, blah, blah. And now marketing can actually point back to, well, they're nurtured in this way. They're from these channels. And you can start to really pinpoint the channels that are most successful for you. So you can kind of continually optimize and refine. And having that view into each side's technology platforms uh, really, really helps to clarify where the strategy should go on each side. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I'm so glad that you mentioned that conversation. Do you think that that is uh, something that as a marketer, you should sort of formulize? Should, like, should that be a conversation where you're sitting down, uh, you know, the, the heads of marketing with the heads of sales? Is that like a, a weekly, a daily conversation? How, how often do you think that they should sort of be working together to determine, you know, how that they are walking in sync? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think, I think weekly might be I mean, my personal take weekly might be a little overkill, but we we do meet, um, our marketing and sales teams do meet regularly, and it's like on a scheduled cadence um, to discuss the results and to bring up any issues that each team is seeing. So, yeah, definitely I think it needs to be a regular regular um, 
a regular appointment. But in terms of the actual cadence, I think it kind of depends, too, on the length of your sales cycle, right? So if your leads are coming in and then you're selling them, like, immediately, if your sales cycle is, like, a week, you know, obviously that you need a little bit more, need to meet more often. Whereas if you're selling something and the sales cycle is, like, you know, three years, (laughs) maybe you don't need to align quite as closely all the time. So it depends. Do you think there's too much data out there, though? I mean, I think for me, at least, I feel like in the past, the data has sort of gotten in the way almost of like creating creative campaigns. And as marketers, there's always been sort of this like push, at least recently, this campaign that you're doing needs to ultimately be attached to data. Um, Or do you think that that at the end of the day is sort of where we're going as an industry and I should just suck it up and and deal with it? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd suck it up. I mean, I think data is incredibly helpful. Um, because it's, it points you in the right direction, right? Like the numbers don't lie. So if you are, you know, there's no sense in, in doubling down on something that's not working, you know, I mean, just in the hopes that, oh, who knows, we'll just throw this out here and maybe it'll work someday. I mean, I guess that's, that's a strategy and you could do that, but I think it's super informative to look at your data and with that as a, as a backing, actually you can say with confidence based on, you know, X, Y, and Z that we saw last quarter, we are going to pivot and do X, Y, and Z again, or we're going to build off that and do this. So, I mean, I think data, I think, you know, it can be definitely a little bit overwhelming, but I don't think that should be a reason to totally turn your back on it. I think that would be a little I, sad. I, I guess for me, <laughs> I guess for me is like from a, a content perspective, well, obviously like this podcast is something, you know, that we don't have really existing data on. It's just sort of this new exciting idea that we have. And, you know, we think, yeah. we think there's an audience there and we've seen data that there's an audience there, but it's not a completely tested thing. So for us, it's sort of, it, it was a, a bit harder sell for me to make, but I think, I mean, obviously we were able to make it because we're, we're chatting, but how do you think that that sort of relates to sort of new content? Do you, do you think that there's always sort of data there to find? No, not necessarily. And I do think that we should always be experimenting as marketers. I mean, I think that's one of the of the cool things about marketing is that you can do a lot of experiments and kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. You know, it's, it's creative work. There's no there's no reason why you shouldn't try things out, new things, you know, while you're doing something that you know is successful or while you're looking for trends and seeing what's successful. But with that said, I mean, I think you, you need a little, you need a little leash room with new, new initiatives where you try something new for a while and, you know, you, again, depending on whatever cycle or however you're measuring it, uh, how often you're measuring success or what's your main metrics, um, you know, run that for a little while and kind of see what happens. I think you should always be looking, you know, you publish like a blog post and it can be like a totally new thing. And was it, you know, was it successful? Was it not? Was Did a lot of people read it? Did you get a lot of conversions on it? You know, you can kind of gather that information. And if it's a totally new initiative, yeah, you might want to do it like a few more times and see what's working. But I don't think you should always use that data to just keep refining, I think. You know, it doesn't necessarily be like, oh, this sucks and we're going to stop doing it immediately. But, um, you know, as long as you're looking at those numbers and kind of keep refining your approach, I think that's kind of the right way to go about new initiatives. 
in terms of you know marketing as a profession, I feel like it, it's very quickly changing. And I mean, you, I think you touched on this a little bit as uh, it's important to experiment. But what are some of those sort of steps that you and maybe HubSpot um, deal with to try and make sure that you guys are always uh, sort of ahead of the curve? Is, is there sort of a magic bullet? Or is it just, you know, trying to iterate off of what you've already done well previously? Yeah, I mean, I wish there was a magic bullet. <laughs> I don't think there is. Um, I would say, you know, in terms of, yeah, marketing is changing so much and this digital marketing revolution, it's, it's really kind of a, a wave that's like sweeping the industry and, you know, it definitely can feel like a lot of things are changing and it's hard to keep up. But first of all, I mean, personally, I read a ton. Um, so I slot out time every day to go through my RSS reader. So I can see, you know, I can skim all the articles I want to. I can really read, you know, dig into some of the ones that really pique my interest. Um, So that way I can make sure I'm really staying to the forefront of industry trends. Um, My coworkers also, we share a ton of articles among ourselves. Um, So if someone will read something on another site about, like, I don't know, blog efficacy or whatever, generating leads through blog or something. And they think that that will benefit. We kind of share it amongst ourselves. So I think that's one thing is is kind of creating that culture of everybody's constantly learning is something good to do. And I mean, obviously, with so much content out there and there's so much great stuff, it's good when everyone's kind of doing it and sharing it um, so that everyone can benefit. So it's not just one person. You don't feel like you're in it alone. Um and yeah, the other thing too is just like I said before, I think experimenting is huge. I mean, you can, you know, it's not just keeping up sometimes. You can actually kind of invent your own <laughs> your own things. Or if you're not sure about something, if you're not sure about a tactic, you know, you can experiment with it or try it out or tweak it. You know, maybe it's not right for your industry. Maybe it's right for your industry if you do it a little bit differently. You know, so trying it out is is huge. And then that's one way that you can really kind of set yourself apart, too, is if you're trying out these experiments and then you, like, publish a blog post on them or something, you know, something to the marketing community at large that kind of creates, a, it's like a little name for yourself almost, you know? No, definitely. I think that was yeah a perfect encapsulation of uh, you know how how our industry is is very quickly changing. That was awesome. Um, so two more questions here, real quick. Um, we'll transition yeah, sure. into uh, the customer, uh, incredibly broad. But I mean, should everything that you do sort of always be around the customer? Um, should that always mm-hmm. be sort of at at the forefront of your strategy as a writer and, and as a company? Yeah, totally. I mean, definitely. That's kind of, I mean, that's the way things are going is that, you know, I mean, customers have all the power now and salespeople really don't, you know, it's, it's all driven by what the, what your leads or what your customers want, you know, at that moment and delivering it to them, you know, it's customers come to the, the buying process so much more informed these days. So if you don't have something, if you're not attracting them and actually like, you know, bringing them to you rather than pushing your stuff on them, you're not going to be very successful in your approach. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, especially on the, on the blog, I, I, you know, it's not just like I speak to our, it's not like I, I only blog for HubSpot customers. I blog for the 
people that we're trying to attract and possibly may become customers, you know? So it's always thinking about their issues and what they're concerned about and what they would find interesting. So not necessarily like my conception of, hey, Mr. Customer, I'm going to write this for you. <laughs> I know best. It's, yeah. it's always like having my ear to the ground and listening, like what do I think people want and try to, um, you know, publish that for them. And, and definitely, I mean, uh, I'm constantly listening to feedback from people that I get, whether it's through comments or emails or whatever. You know, I love when people write to me about the blog. Um, so that way I can I can iterate. So definitely I think that you need to put your, I wouldn't say customer, but maybe your target audience always at the forefront of any of your marketing efforts. And then uh, I guess this will be the last question. What's your favorite article that you've written for HubSpot? Do you have oh my a favorite? Gosh. <laughs> I would immediately go to the one that has the most social shares, whatever. I guess that <laughs> well, says a lot about me, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess um I guess one piece I'm really proud of is we did a we did an infographic last year on uh what how salespeople can uh optimize their, their LinkedIn profile for social selling and it's kind of like a little template of what your LinkedIn profile should look like and I just that's why I say you're kind of content, right? Because I think it's, first of all, it's interesting. It's got that like good visual component and the infographic, you know, once it was designed, it looked awesome. Um, and it's super useful to people, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, it's so actionable and you can just take it and do something with it, like right, right then, you know, and that's kind of, I think my favorite thing to write is things that I know are going to help people, you know, today, not, you know, in whatever, six months from now, like something that you can take away and learn from and implement in your job to make you better starting right now. So yeah, that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Emma, for joining me. This has been such a good conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. Also, thank you so much to our listeners for following along. To find out more about B2B Nation, including our HR and IT edition, check out our website, technologyadvice.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.